The Borough Life Podcast with James and Rosie. Hello, welcome to the Borough Life Podcast. It's our very first episode. My name's James. And I'm Rosie, and we're both part of the PR team here at Wigan Council. So Rosie, we've just finished putting together the winter 2022 edition of the Borough Life magazine. Uh, For our listeners who might not be aware of of what that is, could you just give us a bit of a, a rundown? So Borough Life is our residence magazine that's delivered to every household in the borough and depending on when you're listening to this, it's probably going to drop through your door very, very soon. The podcast's our new thing. We're going to hope to get a new episode out alongside each edition of the magazine, uh, but we're also hoping to get them out with a bit more frequency so we can take you behind the scenes when we're putting each one together and just give you a little bit more insight into the topics that we're covering uh, and some of the features and articles that we, that we include in the magazine itself. So on our podcast today, we've got a couple of really great guests. We've got Joe, who works for the council and has been instrumental in delivering the cost of living campaign here for you. And we've also got Louise Fazakali, who's a wonderfully talented performance poet, who's well known across Wigan Borough. She talks to us about all her work that she's got going on at the moment, and also about featuring at the Euros Fan Zones this summer. Uh, the Women's Euros, we were one of the host venues in Lee, we had four match days, we really enjoyed covering it, so it's a big part of the magazine this time round. As well, just capping off our brilliant summer of sport, we've got a recap of the Rugby League World Cup as well. We've also got some pictures and stories from the artists behind Light Night, and some tips for having a low-cost Christmas. So Rosie, I think that's probably what our listeners need to know at this point. Shall we just get on with the podcast? I think we should. Joe, you've got one of those long council titles that I'm going to get wrong. So can you just say who you are and what your job title is, please? I can. My name is Joe Mitchell. I am Assistant Director in Customer Experience and Support. So Joe, we've got you on uh, our very first podcast episode um, to talk about here for you. So I know that Rosie's done so much work on this. So I'm looking forward to just sitting back and letting you two chat because you're best friends now so Rosie over to you. So I was going to start off with a little bit about Here For You Um, the campaign was obviously set up in response to the cost of living crisis um, and the message from it is really just to encourage those who have really started to feel the squeeze financially to get in touch with us as early as possible and as early as they can but you've uh, recently become the face of the Here For You campaign with our live Facebook Q&A's Um, So truthfully, how did it feel when you first got approached uh, to go live on Facebook um, to all residents in the borough? Truthfully, absolutely terrifying. (laughs) But once I got past being terrified, as you've just said, you are now my super best friend. Because just before we do do the live Q&A sessions, you do give me lots and lots of support. And you do have to do a lot and lot of hand-holding. Um, but um, now that we've settled into doing them, I really do enjoy doing those sessions. And I do think it's a really good way of trying to reach people, do something a little bit different. Um, I think when we did the first one, I think it was just myself, you know, trying to answer people's questions on, you know, a little bit of welfare rights, a little bit of answering. And I, I think that went well, but I think it has worked a lot better having a guest you know, having that sort of guess because then there's two of us and gives you know those people tuning in is it, is it classed on tuning in on Facebook just gives them that bit more information so obviously you are really nervous when you're doing these Q&A's but you always do a really great job and 
and we've had some uh, brilliant guests so far. We've had uh, Phil from the fire service and uh, Angela from the credit union. And I was just wondering what you think it means to residents um, to be able to kind of get first-hand information from you um, and the team here at Wigan Council in response to the cost of living crisis. For me, I think it gives the residents, you know, that they get to see a person rather than just being fed information if that makes sense so you can I mean I think it's really important that we do put messages out there and we do you know interact with people on lots of different platforms whether that be digital whether that's been sending information through the post or you know getting leaflets out there but I think it's also important that you know that you know we give um, residents the opportunity to see people and, you know, so, you know, whether that be me, you know, whether they want to see me or whether they get to see Angela from Credit Union and they get to see Phil, you know, from the fire brigade, they're actually getting to see people and potentially getting to connect with people. And I think it's getting to see, though, that, that they're actually, there's actually people behind those roles, roles within the council, within roles within the credit union, within roles within the fire brigade. I think, Joe, that I think that's absolutely right about the, the personal touch because I think there's an acceptance, isn't there, that what we're what we're all facing as a nation over the next like over, over the next few months and you know the, an extended period of time with the with the cost of living crisis is it's affecting different people, isn't it? Different cohorts of people that might not um, you know have needed that kind of support before. Um, is, is that a fair assumption? So I think that the, the fact that we're, we're trying to reach out in a different way reflects the fact that what we're, what we're, what we're facing is, is a different challenge, isn't it? It is, and, it's, and people are frightened. Hmm. And, you know, and, and we're seeing lots of people now that haven't been in this situation before. And I think we need to, to try and reach out to people and people are scared and they need to have confidence in the people that are giving them those messages. And I think if, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be effective with everyone that we're reaching out to, but if we're able to reach out and, and affect, you know, you know, you know, 10 people, then we've reached out and we've made that difference to those people, then I, I think it matters. Yeah, and I think that's been a really key part of the campaign, hasn't it? Being compassionate and friendly and, and making sure that people know that we are here. Yeah. And I think, Rosie, you've got the stats, aren't you, on the people that, you know, I, I think I've said them today and, and you're far better with those stats. When you see that, you know, the people that have actually viewed those Q&As, there's lots of people that have, have been on that platform and actually viewed them. So we are reaching people. Joe, I was just going to ask as well, uh, your like, like fantastic uh, teams that you you oversee are kind of like, uh, you know, are on the ground, aren't they, in, in our um, life centres and libraries and all the different locations across the borough. So we're recording, uh, it's, it's late November, um, the, the weather's kind of taken a turn now, it's starting to get colder. Um, I know we're going to, I'm stepping on your toes here, Rosie, because we're going to go on to the warm welcoming spaces in a little bit. But I just wondered, Joe, if you could just tell us about, are you starting to see the, the, the rising impact, you know, and, and from the feedback from your teams, um, you know, in, in the last few weeks, even as the weather's starting to affect and people are starting to think about their bills and, and other things like that? For, for people coming forward asking for help? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, our teams, um, we're, for the welfare support, um, 
if, if I want to go back to sort of like pre-pandemic times. So within our teams, we operate the welfare support. So pre-pandemic, we used to see on average about 70 referrals coming in a week. That was pre-pandemic. Then during the pandemic, we saw a steady increase in the referrals coming in. Um, then over recent times, we've seen those sort of shoot up to, you know, from a few hundred a week to, you know, at its peak, about 920 referrals in one week. You know, and that's never really tapered off. So we're seeing now, on average, anywhere between three to 500 is now the norm that we're seeing in referrals coming in that our teams that deal with those crisis referrals, people asking for help with food and energy. That's the norm, you know, that comes in a week for people coming through to those teams asking for support. And in the main, that is people coming forward asking for help with, you know, saying, I need help with food, I need help with energy. They do come forward asking for other support, but that is what people are now asking for help. And that's been ongoing really since the pandemic, but now entering into the cost of living crisis, that's not really going away now. And as we're entering into the winter months, that's just continually to, continuing to ramp up. So yeah, those teams have been under that pressure and we're just seeing that continuing to ramp up all the time. Mm -hmm. So recently, one of the things that we've announced in response to the rising cost of living, Joe, is um, our network of warm welcoming spaces. And I was just wondering if you could share a bit more about that. So obviously in the magazine, we've got um, information about, about them and online too. Uh, but can you tell us a bit more about how they've been set up, where they are, um, and maybe also about the communities that have, have got involved to make that happen? Yeah, sure. So um, our warm welcoming space are a safe place that you can visit to stay warm and see a friendly face, uh, free of charge and without judgment. They're hosted in local community spaces and our buildings also. Um, each of Wigan's warm welcoming spaces are slightly different um, in what they offer, but we promise that if you do visit, you'll be met with warmth, kindness and um, a friendly Wigan Borough welcome. If you aren't sure where your nearest venue is, just nip online for, a full, for full details. Uh, warm welcoming spaces if you go on to the website which is wigan.gov.uk um, as I say that there's lots of different offers so some you can go in and there might be food um, some it might be coffee and a biscuit um, so it is worth visiting and seeing you know what's on offer um, but it's guaranteed that when you do go in you go in and you get that nice warm welcome wherever you go yeah and I think it's it's obviously really sad um, and difficult times that, that people are having to access this support. But I think, yeah, I just reiterate as well that those, those spaces, they're called warm welcoming spaces for a reason. Um, and, you know, if like like you say, if you do want a list um, of, of them, either pop into a library or go to www.wigan.gov.uk forward slash here for you. Yeah, so you're far better at announcing that website than I ever am, definitely. I mean, it has been, I mean, what we have seen, we have had them set up and they've been set up ready, but they, um, uh, we have seen, it has been quite warm, hasn't it, up until recently, but we are seeing that colder weather coming in and it's starting to bite, isn't it? So we are seeing those spaces, you know, becoming 
a lot yeah. more, um, you know, used much more now uh, than they have been. And we are keeping an eye on how much they're used. And interestingly, um, Phil from the Fire Brigade um, is arranging for to go in and offer support from the fire service as well, you know, to offer help and support from a, from the fire side as well, to see whether the, the, for the fire side, you know, to, <laughs> to see whether there's any, you know, help and support they can offer. Because that was, that was one area that I'd never really considered, the fire safety aspect of the cost of living crisis. Um, and I know people are getting more and more creative with how to heat the home using candles um, and, and how they're cooking as well. So, and that comes with its own risk, doesn't it, Rosie? And it's like stuff that you don't really consider. Um, yeah. So they're going to go in and give some health, you know, lots of tips, really. So that's yeah. good. So I think that is really positive. And, and one thing I just wanted to touch on in a bit more detail was um, the community aspect. So obviously we are the council, but it's, it's how we bring all those partners and the, the voluntary sector that are doing so much great work in. So how do you think they've con contributed to the campaign? Well, when we put it, when the ask went out there for um, the warm welcoming spaces, um, you know, the we, we the immediately the ask we were overwhelmed, you know, from from a community, they they, they just poured in with offers of support from community groups, just saying, you know, they just immediately wanted to get involved. As I said, you go. I mean, you gave the details, didn't you? There, and if you go on to that, we've got lots of community locations that that are out there that have, have also got those spaces. So, Joe, just to, to wrap us up on, on here for you, I think it is the key message then for our listeners that we want them to, to approach us and, you know, pop into a library or one of our locations and, and get the support and advice rather than wait until, you know, they, they, they're, they're reaching crisis point or, you know, they're really struggling. Is, is, that, is that what the, you know, like one, one of the key messages we want to get across? Yeah, definitely. It is. When you find yourself in crisis, it is really hard to ask for help, and we, we know it is, especially if you've never found yourself in that situation before. But the message is, please, please, please ask us for help. Don't sit there and struggle. You know, the longer you, you leave it, the harder it is to ask for help. Don't delay. We'll support you in any way that we can. Uh, visit our Here For You web pages if you can. Um, email into us if, if it's easier, uh, welfare.support at wigan.gov.uk. Call us if that's easier on 01942705221 or visit Wigan Orley Life Centre Monday to Friday between 10 and 4 o'clock. Um, Monday to Friday, did I say that? If not, I've just said it again. Um, what we will do is we will offer you as much help and support as we can. You know, one of the key things is making sure that you're in receipt of enough income. Income maximisation is key. It might be that you're missing out on something. So please, please, please ask for help is the message. You know, if we, if we can help you, we will. And the Q&As, so are they, are they on Thursdays? Is that right? Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays. Tuesdays, oh, gosh. yeah. Sorry, I apologise to both of you. So Tuesdays. Yeah. And that's on our Facebook page, isn't it? Yep. So, Joe, just to uh, finish up then, so this is something that we're, we're going to do with all, all of our guests if we do get asked to do another podcast, that is. <laughs> um, the, yeah, so it's the quick fire questions. So you can say as little or as much as you want to respond to these. Um, and do you want to kick us off this time? So, tea or coffee? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pop or rock? Pop. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Sweet or savoury? Um, 
if it's popcorn mixed with chocolate thrown in. <laughs> uh, night owl or early bird? Early bird. Box set or film? Film. Horror or comedy? Horror edges it. Winter or summer? Summer. Big party or dinner party? Big party, but I usually peak too soon and I'm, I'm the first to go home. <laughs> so a big thank you to Joe for that and we're really looking forward to speaking to Louise Fazakli next after a quick ad break. So they're, they're sort of ads, aren't they? But they're not really ads because they're just council services that we've got our team to read out. But I don't think you're meant to tell people that. Wigan Borough has so many independent businesses right on your doorstep waiting for you to explore. These local gems offer the very best in food and drink, fashion, gifts and much more. Celebrate local, love local. Visit wigan.gov.uk forward slash support local. Welcome back to the Borough Life podcast. We've got Louise Fazakali with us who is, Louise I'm reading this off your, the bio off your website. Uh, you're a professional poet and interdisciplinary artist living and working in Wigan Borough. She's an associate artist at Wigan Steam and director of Write Out Loud. Is that, is that a pretty good description? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. I think some people might not know what an interdisciplinary artist is. Um, so for me, it means that primarily I'm a poet, but I get really inspired by working with other people. So I work with dance artists, I work with musicians, I work with visual artists, uh, and I also do a lot of teaching and supporting other creatives to kind of develop their work. So, um, we've, because we've had this uh, podcast kind of in the, in the preparation stage for about two or three years, and we've always earmarked you as, our, as being on our, our first show, so thanks very much for agreeing to, to do it. Um, I, the first time that I um, saw you perform, and we were just talking about this before we, we started recording, it was at one of the, uh, the deal conferences, I think it was back in 2019, and I, I, I didn't know what uh, performance poetry was, um, and I saw you up on stage, I, th I think you'd written something uh, especially for that, that conference, and I, it, it blew me away, I was just mesmerised by, by the whole thing, like the, the performance and the, obviously the way that you, were, you, you delivered it. So I was going to ask, do you get that reaction a lot? from people who, a bit like me, have just not been exposed to performance poetry and you see that look of kind of wonder on their face when you, when you go up there? I, I do, to be honest. I think that people love stories and they might interact with stories by watching TV or by reading, um, but there's something quite special about having someone perform live in front of you. And particularly poetry, you can put a story or a feeling or an idea in quite a short space of time, like in two or three minutes. So they've had that experience. And um, I think that people find it, um, if, they've not, you know, if they've not seen it before, um, they do find it quite exciting. And for you, how, how does it, because it, you make it look like you're having loads of fun up there. Does, does it feel like that or is, is, are you thinking more like in the moment it's, it's you know, because it's a performance? How, how does it feel for you when you're, when you're doing it? 
Um, well, before I get up, I'm always horrifically nervous. And, and when I'm driving to a gig or something, I always think, why do I do this? Why am I doing this? And I'm like, not very pleasant to my friends or family if they're coming with me. But when I'm actually on stage, I do absolutely love it. And I'm really in the moment. I think for any of us, it's really important to find our flow state the place where you can forget about the outside world, whether or not that's gaming or gardening or whatever. So for me, performing is part of my flow state. And when I'm performing, I use my arms a lot and I like physically act it out quite a bit and that's kind of like makes me feel good. So I feel like when I'm, I'm, I'm this, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm making a comparison to when I have to speak and what, because it's complete, I'm not making that comparison. When I find when I speak in front of a crowd, I like using my, my hands and, and gesturing because it kind of calms me down and it helps me get, get the words out. So I, maybe I could be like, you could mentor me to be a performance <laughs> Maybe you've got it. I believe that anyone can write and most people, it, no, anyone can write and if you enjoy um, kind of expressing yourself in a public place you can perform. When I work with groups of young children and teenagers and actually adults, I never pressure anyone to perform. However, I've found that even the most nervous people can find a way into sharing their work publicly, which is um, quite inspiring often. Right, so now I've established that I'm going to be, I'm going to quit my job <laughs> and become a performance Join poet. us, join us. <laughs> I'll hand over to you, Rosie. So, um, one of the times I know I've seen you perform uh, is at the Women's Euros in Lee. And obviously, going back to the summer months, there was um, thousands of international fans all in Lee Civic Square, and you were a real part of that celebration. So, can you tell us a bit more about what that was like for you? The vibe was absolutely immense. It was so good to see, like, the um, like the different sort of performers because you had like wondering street theatre and they had bands and um, and like there was this really cool band that came over from Bolton that did this sort of marching band thing that was awesome that I saw and the the vibe and all the chill, the kids and the people walking from Lee who, who came into fan zone all that was fun and then obviously there was the travelling fans. Um, so for me, it was just exciting to be part of like this bigger phenomenon. It felt like Wigan was like on the world stage and like I know people from all over the show like watched my uh, the poem I made specifically for that and if like I'd not been asked to write for the Euros I probably wouldn't have naturally done it so it stretched me a little bit to kind of think oh what did I enjoy about playing football as a kid and one of the things I really enjoyed was like the community aspect of play, knocking on doors, seeing who was coming out, seeing if he could lend you a ball. So all that sort of warm memories of childhood and playing outside, I just wanted to share that really in the poem. Yeah, and I think that really came across. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you is obviously it's quite um, an interesting crossover sport and culture. Um, do you think it was kind of good to bring those two things together at the Euros? And have you ever done it in other settings? Yeah, so like, obviously culturally I'm from Wigan, I've lived in Wigan all my life, and I, and I do love sport, like I've always done boxing and, you know, town sports and that kind of thing, and enjoyed playing rugby as a kid, enjoyed playing football as a kid on the estate, um, so for me that is part of my life and it's, and it's nice to be able to write about that and bring the two together. Um, and also you get a different sort of fan and different sort of person maybe listening to your work. So that's really fun. And I've done loads on the Rugby World Cup as well. So it was nice that I did the, um, like the, um, the women's football and then I did the Rugby World Cup because I felt like I was reaching lots of different people who could like, express those memories and those experiences of enjoying sport in different ways. And then we 
also had like when you don't like sport. So that was loads of fun. Like people say, no, I don't know anything about football. Or I don't know anything about rugby. Or can I write about it? And I'm going, well, just write about how you hated school PE. That's fun as well. <laughs> you know, be yourself. Tell me your stories. That's what I'm interested in. So obviously you've lived in Wigan all of your life. And I, I can imagine you've been a part of the sort of, uh, I'm going to call it the culture scene, but I, you might know it as something different. But how, how do you find that kind of scene in the borough? Um, is it a real community? What's it, what's it like to be part of that? I think now's a really exciting time to be a creative person in Wigan. Like I have been involved in the arts in Wigan for a long time. I volunteered at Wigan Literature Festival. Um, I, did, I danced in the borough when I was a lot younger um, and then went away to uni and came back and began to slowly work as a poet and you know working with other artists but right now because we've got so much investment in the borough it's so exciting like the stuff with the old courts the turnpike lee spinners mill hack space um, like there's loads of um, venues and who've got funding now to deliver even more activity but i think more than that when we had like alan allen the fire within doing the uh, exhibition in um, the old um, gallery space that was exciting because it brought lots of different artists together and it gave us some confidence that uh, like on the national stage and on the world stage the work that we are making is of interest and should be seen and should be heard so I think that actually did light a fire amongst the community and it just seems to be growing and growing and growing and I don't think you can have too much drama uh, dance music whatever level you're doing it at whether or not you're enjoying watching enjoying making or you're making it your your work like your job like i do do you think it's i know it was a, a big part of the like the fire within the cultural manifesto that um the council worked with lots of partner organizations to um to compose um i know a big part of it was to basically put the message out there to young artists and, and creative talent that you don't have to move to Manchester or you don't have to move down to London to, to kind of forge a way. Um, is that, have you seen evidence of that? And, and it, for you, does that provide like a reassurance? Is that quite an exciting thing? I've definitely seen evidence of that. Like for example, like Wiggly Dance, I've seen the opportunities they've had for young producers, young makeup artists, young film, filmographers, you know, so I've seen those opportunities advertised and then I've seen the, the end product. So I, c I can see how it's, I know young dancers who are now gone on to work professionally in Copenhagen. And so like, it, it's a mix of keeping, having the opportunities in the borough, like lots of job opportunities and having funding to work as a self-employed artist. Um, but it's also about developing those artists so that they can move away mm. in order to share their work on a wider stage. So yeah, I have seen other, um, examples of that and it's just really good to be around and feel like you're part of it. Could you tell us a little bit about your, um, so the, the writers group that, that, that you run? Yeah, so um, I've been running a writers group for like nearly eight years now. So it started at Sunshine House, which is a community centre in Scholes, and they supported me right at the beginning when I was a very sort of like nervous facilitator. I knew I could write, but I didn't know if I could help other people write. And through that group, it's grown over the years. And then um, we, we moved from Sunshine House and went into the Museum of Wigan Life and changed our name to the Secret Writers Club because we were no longer at Sunshine. Um, and what I like about that group is it's super inclusive. So there are people um, 
who, who are available on a Monday afternoon, so largely people who don't work either because they're retired or they don't work because of disability or mental health or um, the, like there's, there's a real range of people who come to that group and what's been exciting for me is seeing some of them develop professionally and start to make money from their work. Some of them develop personally and develop confidence and friendships and um, that's just been awesome to the point where now the group is kind of ready to lead itself. So I've slowly started to step away from the group because they're more than capable of doing it for themselves, you know, and I'm um, running a young writers group at the moment now in Lee, so we're trying to support our young writers. It feels a bit unfair that, Lee, that Liverpool have got young writers, Manchester have got young writers, in the Lakes there's young writers groups, Yorkshire there's young writers groups, where's the Wigan and Lee young writers groups? So just trying to develop that at the moment. But we've got the talent, so it's not that. It's more about people just coming and trying it. So how can, how, if, if someone's listening to the podcast and, you know, like they, they know, a, you know, whatever age, like someone who'd like to get involved, how, how do they do that? Yeah, so I'm on the socials at Louise the Poet. Um, that's my grown-up stuff, or at Louise Likes Peas. Or they could just literally Google Louise Poet Wigan. My website will come up in an email. Just drop me an email and say, this is, you know, I've got a child who's six. I've got a teenager who's 19. You know, I, I'm an older person who'd like to write. And I'll happily just like direct you to the sorts of groups that you might be able to go to. Perfect. Um, so I know that we're, we're very lucky in that, in that we've, uh, we've, we've twisted your arm to do a little performance for us. So, but before we, we go on to that, um, we've just got some quick fire questions. <laughs> um, so you can say as little or as much as you want to, in response to these. Okay. So the first question is tea or coffee? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Cats. I love cats and I write about cats a lot in my work. Cats, independent. Pop or rock? Yeah. Oh, the music. I thought you meant like <laughs> drink or like Blackpool. Um, <laughs> I, I, or both. I can't decide. I'm eclectic. Uh, Facebook or Twitter? <laughs> or neither? Uh, Twitter. I like Twitter. I'm sad that. What's happening with Twitter? Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Cheese and biscuits all the way. Night owl or early bird? Mm. I think I'm an early bird now. Yeah. I like to get up and be productive in the morning. Box set or film? Neither. I don't really like to watch the TV. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one then. Horror or comedy? <laughs> Both mixed up, dark comedy is right. where it's at for me. Winter or summer? Well, that's a hard one. I'll go for winter because of my love of the rain. Well known, I'm gonna pause about it. And big party or dinner party? Big party, the more the merrier for me. Dancing in the kitchen, that's where I'm at. Well, thank you, Louise. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. My foster carers helped me loads. Um, they've helped me boost my confidence, make me feel better about myself. Before, I just didn't feel great in myself and I just, I, I needed that boost and they, they give it to me. Whether you're ready to start your fostering journey or you know someone who you think would make a good foster carer, it's never too early to start. To find out more, visit wigan.gov.uk forward slash fostering. Foster for Wigan. Local people supporting local families. So here we are at the end of our first podcast, James. Thanks to everyone who's made it this far and we really hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed making it. 
Yeah, thanks everyone for, if you've made it this far, thanks for bearing with us. This is definitely the first take. We've not been sat here for hours trying to get this <laughs> Uh, get this one sorted. Uh, no, it's been it's been really enjoyable, Rosie, hasn't it? And I think that it's only going to get better from here, isn't it? It has. The only way is up. So we've got Louise coming to perform her poem uh, just in a minute. But Rosie, if anybody wants to read Borough Life or go through any of the back copies or see any of the extra content as well that we put on Borough Life Plus, how do they do that? If you just head to wigan.gov.uk slash boroughlifeplus, uh, you can do that there. You can also follow our social media channels online. We're at Wigan Council on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. And hopefully if our contracts get extended and we are allowed to do another episode <laughs> of this podcast, hopefully it'll be out in the new year as we'll then be looking to do our spring edition. And we can take you through some of the things that we're, we're thinking about covering uh, for that edition that we're thinking might come out in February or March time. So Rosie, we've done it. We'll hand over to Louise, who's going to be reading the poem called... We've Got A Lot. I wrote this poem inspired by the volunteers and the kind-hearted people in communities in Wigan and Lee that make our town special. This is called We've Got A Lot. We've got Asler and Moseley, Ashton and Lee, Atherton, Shevington, Winston, Lee. We've got the wonderful names of these proud places. But what are places without faces? The faces of the kids we've got. Growing carrots and cabbages, strawberries and more. These faces are Wigan's future, our rising stars. We've got dreamers and dancers, beating bullies, raising money for cancer. And thanks to our homegrown communities, we've got litter picking, bingo and afternoon teas. We've got people dressing up as Father Christmas with itchy beards. We've got carol concerts and clean, safe streets. We've got good-hearted people going out of their way to give lifts and help with shopping. I know it's a long list of loveliness, but I'm not stopping. We have so many committed community leaders. They connect us, inspire us, include us. They dress us and feed us. We've got the passion of kind-hearted curers spending hours and days making difficult decisions with gritted teeth. These champions smile still in place. We've got Lowton and Goulburn, Hindley and Ince, Standish and Oral, Aspel and Bryn. Do you need some help using a computer? We've got it. Do you need a listening ear? We've got it. Do you need love and kindness? We've got it. We've got Tilsley, Platbridge and Pem. Our town, our places, our faces. We are proud of them. We were once crisscrossed with train tracks, communities of coal. Now we're crisscrossed with communities of people who share the same goals. We are wildflowers, we're meadows, we're busy bees, we're listeners, we're fighters, we talk to MPs. We are businesses giving back, just giving out stuff for free. 
We are the voice of the vulnerable in our society. Some people might think we've not got a lot, but we have. We've got Asler and Mosley, Ashton and Lee, Atherton, Shevington, Winston, Lee. We've got Lowton and Goulburn, Hinlet and Ince, Standish and Oral, Aspel and Brim. We've got Tilsley, Pemberton, Platbridge, and too many magnificent places for me to list out loud. This is our town. We are Wigan, we are proud. <laughs> 